pad up. It's the Australian Cricket Podcast, and here are your hosts. Welcome back to the Australian Cricket Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Menzel, a.k.a. Menners, and joining me for this edition of the podcast, I have a very special guest. He played 27 test matches for Australia, 117 one-day internationals. He's a dual World Cup winner. He's the current coach of the Australian men's cricket team, and he's also released a book called Coach, co-written with Brian Murgatroyd. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did with none other than Darren Lehman. All right, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on the Australian Cricket Podcast. How are you? Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. Um, so I've just been reading your really enjoyable book by you and Brian Murgatroyd called Coach, and I think podcasts and book writing are a great forum for reflection. So I guess in this short chat, I thought we could reflect on your Tazzy coach. No problems. It'd be a, it'd be a pleasure. Yeah, I wanted to start off... Um, when you took the job as Australian coach, you said you wanted to make a difference as coach. How do you think you've made a difference since you've been the coach of the Aussie side? Oh, I think by bringing a group together. Uh, and obviously we're a new group now, re- reinventing ourselves as a, as a group with a younger younger bunch of players coming through. We had some really good experienced players and, and they were superstars and we just had to, to play, play a certain way and have everyone going in the one direction. I think that's probably one area. Uh, bring some fun back into the game, which is important for all of us, uh, coaches as well as players and, and fans. We've got to make sure the fans are enjoying what we're doing. So hopefully I've done that. Uh, obviously, it's been a little bit disappointing of late, but that's a challenge as a coach uh, to get the best out of your players and get back performing well again. Yeah, I was lucky enough to be in Adelaide for the victory, so that was a great victory by the, the younger players. But in your book, you sort of go through all the different coaches you had, and what are the, some of the bits from those coaches that you've taken and put into the work you do at the moment? Well, I think it's like a, a cricketer. You, you take bits and pieces from everything as a player. That's same as a coach, all the different styles of coaching you have. Yeah, so different from Jeff Marsh's work ethic, John Buchanan's IT background, uh, Greg Chappell's technical background, Barry Rich is the same, so... Um, I think you grab something from everyone. That, that's the challenge uh, of a coach. You, you can't just be uh, one one style of coach these days with the young guys. You've got to be a bit of everything, to be fair. Yeah, are there any other coaches you bounce ideas off um, at the moment? Yeah, well, you speak to the AFL coaches. There's a few of those I speak to, and and obviously rugby coaches. So you, you're trying Michael Checker, uh, Mal Meninga, um, you know, Don Pike, uh, you know, all those sort of, like Ken Hinckley, anyone that, uh, you know, I get a chance to speak to, you always bounce your ideas to become better. And I guess those guys and you have in common that you're right in the media spotlight uh, with regular media, media and social media. How do you find your relationship with the media? I get on the media really well. I think I've always been honest with them and that, that makes my job a lot easier to, to do. Uh, you know, they have a job to do. Um, and, and when you're not playing well, you, you're going to get criticism and that's that's always the the way that's the way of life. So for, for me, it's a case of being open and up front with the media and, and do all the media requests you have and you're there to promote the game and you're only a custodian of the game. So that's always the challenge. Yeah, I know from the podcast that when we, if we get critical or upset about the results, it's just through passion and a great love for the game. And I think that comes out a lot on social media and the papers, how much Australia really does care about the Australian cricket team. Well, they do. They love it. And we love it. We love it like everyone else does. So for us, it's always a challenge. Uh, You've got to accept the criticism and learn from it and get better. Um, So you're right. Everyone's just passionate about it and they want to see their side do really well. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And how do you deal with being in the goldfish bowl all the time? You know, the the constant traveling and being away from your family and 
constant demands on your time. Yeah, that's the hardest thing. I mean, we're only sort of 280 days a year, I suppose. So you're only home for a couple of months. So it's hard on the family. They get to travel a little bit, but you're always in and out of hotels. You forget what hotel room you're in. You go to the wrong floor a lot of the time. <laughs> uh, so it's always a challenge traveling in the world, but it's great fun as well. I mean, I have the best job in the world, so I can't complain too much. And you know, one, one day soon, I'll, I'll be home and, and relaxing and spending some time with the family, watching the Australian crew team with a beer in hand. Yeah, and I guess you've seen a massive change from your playing days to now being coach, how much the spotlight really is, is on the team the whole time. It's always been the case, especially in the last, uh, I suppose, 15, 20 years with the, the media and uh, you know social media, etc. So, you know, when I first started, beers on ice, and now you put the players on ice. So the game's changed <laughs> as well. So it's always a challenge. Um, the game always evolves, and so does so does the world. Yeah. Now you've you've written in the book about how you know that old line that Ian Chappell brings up about is a good coach is the one that takes you to the ground in the mornings, and you talk about in the book how that the modern captain is under so much more pressure that as a coach you have to take some of those responsibilities from Steve Smith in this case. What sort of responsibilities do you sort of take from him to lighten the load on a young player with a lot of pressure on him? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Those days are gone. You, you need a coach now, definitely. Players have so many demands. The captain can't do it all. He's got enough to worry about on the ground and his own performance. So, hey, you know, we just get the players prepared, you know, all the uh, analysis for the opposition, what we need to do, how we want to try and do it. And then the captain just goes and does it. Um, and he runs the ship on the ground. So that, that's really important that he can have his own time to prepare because, you know, he's a world-class batsman, best batsman in the world. So we've got to make sure he's batting well, first and foremost, and then he's, he's a fantastic young leader. So we just try and alleviate some pressure so he can just concentrate on the cricket. Yeah, I absolutely love Steve Smith. I just think he's he's got all the makings to end up one of the greats of the game. Do you leave all the on-field stuff to him or do you sort of chat about it? What's what's the role with that? Oh, no, we leave it all to him and we just chat about it. When we have a break, we might have a quick chat. But, you know, he has ideas and they're, they're always good. He, he thinks of things I wouldn't even think of. So that's how, you know, forward-thinking he is. So from our point of view, we, we leave it. Leave it to him, definitely. Now, one thing that comes out about Steve Smith is how competitive he is in everything he does. That must be great to work with. Yeah, it's always handy. I mean, if we're playing a little handball game, he needs to win every game. <laughs> so he, he doesn't stop. Uh, so he's really competitive, and that rubs off on the players as well. Now, just back to some of the coaching. You wrote in your book that one of the key aims is to get the players to match their aspiration with their focus, which I thought was really interesting because everyone talks, I'd love to play for Australia, but actually having the focus to do that. How do you do that with the, the top-level players? Well, they're pretty focused full stop now anyway. They're playing for their country. So we just speak about a history, a tradition, uh, and get them really respecting the past and then creating their own uh, culture, their own um, history when they're playing for Australia. In the book, you also talk about your career and how you felt like you could have uh, maybe got more out of your playing time. Do you sort of share that with the players and use your experience to, to guide them? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I tell them, you know, I made mistakes. There's no doubt about that as a as a player. So um, you, you share those. And, and having been through all those experiences, it's always handy that you can actually talk to a player about a different experiences encountered in the game or, or off the ground. Now, uh, I mean, I've, there's some great stories in your book. One of my favourite stories is from the 1999 World Cup where you write about the failed booze ban that started at the beginning of the World Cup and then was summarily dispatched when the results didn't go your way. What was that like? Oh, it's no good when you can't have a beer. I'll give you the strong tip. Um, but <laughs> this day and age, 
I mean, it's different in those days. I mean, the guys don't hardly drink these days. Uh, you know, they're totally professional in what they were doing. Not saying we weren't professional, but, you know, we always like a beer and enjoy ourselves. Um, so it's a fine balance. It's, it's like um, curfews. I don't think they work. We're all adults and we have our lives to live. If you make mistakes, then you, you, you either don't get selected or you have issues that way. So, you know, I think that adults to, to run their own life. Yeah, I think um, what was interesting about that story is that, you know, if you have too many rules and players can't relax, that it just affects the playing group. So it's, it's, I guess you've got to find the balance between making rules and letting players run their own life. That's right. You've got to find that, um, you know, happy balance. And that, that can be tough at times because where you're touring affects what you do sometimes. So, yeah, it's a challenge, but it's a good challenge. So everyone's good and buys into it and away we go. Now, I just before you go, I wanted to ask you about the role of the team psychologist. I found that really interesting that you wrote about the way the team psychologist has come into the team and how he works with them and how you were talking to your psychologist about you, re, you really love your players. How is that relationship having a psychologist in the group? Oh, I think it's really important, mate, because obviously you know, players got to have a confidence they can speak to that, that we don't know about, and that's okay. Um, you know, there's issues that go on in people's lives that, that we wouldn't know about as a coaching team. And we have that guy, you know, he, he's a fantastic operator and, and he, he's very confidential and he talks to the players and helps them through a lot of different issues, whether it's on-field or off-field. So it's always good to uh, have that sounding board. Now, I use him a lot because obviously I, I've got a lot of issues trying to help players and working out what the best way is to go. So sometimes that little guidance is always good for you. Um, and I think it's important for the players to have that someone they can you know, fall back to. You touch on in the book the dual roles of being the coach and a selector. And I guess this is where the psychologist might come in that it can be someone who's you know totally neutral to, to talk to about emotional things that they might not feel comfortable talking to you or Steve Smith about. That's right. Um, so they're, they're, we're not qualified to talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about our life experiences, but we have someone that's qualified to actually help and deliver that to the player, which is which is pretty important. Yeah. Now, before I let you go, I just want to ask you, what is it like seeing your son, Jake Lehman, running around for South Australia and, and treading the same paths that you tread not so long ago? Uh, it's exciting. It's nerve-wracking as a dad, first and foremost, and uh, you know, I always hope he does well. Uh, but it's exciting for him. He's done it all on his own. His dad's been away his whole career, so he, he's going about it the right way, does a good good job and, and works hard and that's all he can do so it's great you know really nerve-wracking when I get to uh, uh, get to watch him but you know it's great fun and and do you find that you're do you like coach him a little bit do you give him tips or do you just step back and just let him sort of seek coaching out somewhere else uh, as a dad I, I give him a little bit of advice here and there but most of the time it's about him uh, you know doing the things he does well um, so for me it's a, it's a catch-22 don't get too involved but give him the advice when he asks for it and, and offers some little hints along the way. Yeah, it must be exciting to think that he might be playing in, in the Australian team in the next couple of years while you're coaching. Yeah, you never know that. Uh, yeah, if he, if he got there, I'd probably, I'd probably have to do something else. <laughs> I know you've said that if he comes up in the selection table, you'll leave the room. I guess you'll have to deal with that when it comes. Yeah, yeah, that, that happens. Yeah, yeah, you have to deal with it when it comes, mate. That's all I can do. Well, Darren, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, good luck with the rest of the seasons. Are you looking forward to the one-day series against the Kiwis coming up? Yeah, we are, mate. So looking forward to that. Starts this week. Looking forward to a good performance from the one-day guys. And thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, thank you very much, Darren. I, I recommend your book, Coach, to all the listeners. Bye-bye. Thanks, mate. What a marvellous day.
He's played no better shot than that in the whole of this series.